I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. It is Super Bowl Sunday, which means, well, not much to me other than I'm going to eat a bunch of uh, food I shouldn't tonight. That's pretty much... What that means, right? The Orange piled on frustration and disappointment for 40 minutes in a 78-61 to 61 loss to Clemson and a missed opportunity to hang their hats on a quad one win. Syracuse falls to 10-6, and 4-5. and five. You'll hear from us and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. And Cuse will be back on the road Tuesday to play NC State for the second time in about eight, nine days, something like that. Nine days, I think. Uh, we'll let you know what we think about that. Also, Syracuse drops to uh, 55th in Ken Palm and 54 in the net after the loss against Clemson. So, a rough one. And uh, I understand everybody's really excited. So if you're here, you're, you're, you're the hardcore group, um, and we appreciate you for tuning in to just uh, talk through it. We'll go over the fan feedback, like I said. So, um, all right. Well, let's hear what Coach had to say after the loss. You know, the uh, first half, they, their defense just overwhelmed us, and they got in front of us. and. We weren't aggressive, and we missed five layups, and we, we made a couple steals when it was a six- or eight-point game and got down, and we didn't convert. Marek missed a layup, Allen missed a layup, and then we missed another layup. So we missed four or five. They, they really played well. I mean, we if we make some layups and just hang in there, it's a 10-, 12-point deficit. you got a chance to overcome it, but 20 is hard. They're really good. when you know they Once they got over their COVID pause, uh, they played really good the other night, and I thought they were really good today. They shot it really well. Uh, and, you know, the one good thing that came out of this game is I've been trying to get Joe to be aggressive, and he's just been playing side to side. The second half, he went at people and, you know, got his offense going. We need him to score. 
uh, you know, Quincy struggled, struggled against uh, their big kid. He's good, really good defensively, and Allen really struggled. Uh, we all struggled. Everybody struggled offensively. But I thought Kadari made a couple good defensive plays, but, you know, he's still got to learn how where he can score, uh, you know, find his way to where he can get to the basket and score. But, uh, you know, rebounding, 17 down. We started the game. Made a couple defensive stops. They got both rebounds and put them in. So it's four to three. We're down, and we get a defensive rebound there. It's you know we're ahead. So rebounding is a problem. Has been a problem, and will probably be a problem. I thought Barama. You know, it was good to get him back out there. Um, you know, obviously he hasn't played in 11 weeks, and you know he's just you know he's not really ready to play yet. Jim, just what you can say about Brahma's fight to get back onto the court and just what he can do being back in there, freeing up Barack and, and putting him where he typically is. You know, it's just hard. I mean, you know, he's he's tried everything he could and his knees sore and it's hard to play this game when you can't run and jump. I mean, that's his game. His game is his athletic ability to movement, running, jumping. Uh, you know, he's not a shooter. He gives us that. And, uh, and he's doing everything he can to do that, but, uh, you know, he hasn't done anything in 12 weeks or whatever, close to it, I think. And, uh, you know, it's just, I thought, he, you know, he's moving, he's trying, he's trying to be in the right positions, but he was right there. He just couldn't get the jump to get the ball, you know. I, I'm not sure he's going to be able to, to uh, do much. You know, it's been a long time. We got to what, two, three weeks to go. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to get back there. All right, the coach montage is brought to us by Bet Online. Bet Online, the title sponsor for the Cuse Militia and Armchair Media. It is Super Bowl Sunday. I understand some of you may miss out on what I'm about to say because it is it is early Sunday, but. Uh, some of you might not even listen until Monday, which is fine, which is fine. But if you get over to Bet Online today, they've got all the Super Bowl props for you, uh, down to you know the coin toss, the typical coin toss. What color? What color is the liquid going to be that the winning coach gets gets dumped over his head? So uh, the Super Bowl's here. The NBA's in full swing. Get over there today. Sign up. Will the Chiefs go back to back? Can Tom Brady claim his seventh ring and become? The greatest of all time. Bet Online has all the action you need to get on, on the big game. Hundreds of prop bets to keep the whole game entertaining. Bet Online, they're going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to Bet Online today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Okay, so. The good, the bad, and the ugly, as it were. Well, Sadibi's back. That's good. Uh, not a whole lot going on as expected, but it was great. Not just good to see him back. All 11 minutes of it. Syracuse more than doubled their first half points with 42. Gerard leading the way, putting up a game-high 19 points total. Syracuse did get to the line quite a bit, 27 times. And they did get the ball inside for some decent looks. The bad is that uh, they were only 13 for 40 from two and missed a ton of stuff at the rim. Gary A on the cusp of averaging a double-double per game with 16 points and nine and a half rebounds. Only had eight points and six rebounds against Clemson. He struggled. Then there's Buddy. He struggled. Eight points, two for seven from three, 
and um, just the inconsistency continues. The ugly, a pathetic first half. The Orange could not could only muster up 19 points and went into the locker room down by an even 20, only making three field goals, three lousy field goals in the first half. Three buckets. That's freaking terrible. Two from Buddy and one from Q. They shot three for 25, 12%. Negative 13 on the boards in the first half. The Orange would play better in the second, way better, but they were still never a threat to the Clemson defense. The Tigers shot 10 for 23 from distance, 43%, and 53% from the field to Syracuse's five for 20 from three in an abysmal 18 for 60, 30% from the field as a team. Clemson turned the ball over 20 times, and Syracuse could only make managed nine points out of that mess. And finally, at the end of the day, Syracuse ended up negative 17 on the glass. And it goes without saying that they'll never win these kinds of games with that kind of effort on the boards. Joe, we come here game after game, win or lose, try to point out the positives, right? So we try Mm -hmm. to keep things positive, but it's starting to, I mean, let's be honest, with what we've had the past couple years, it's starting to get difficult with the inconsistency, especially this year, as far as Syracuse goes game to game. The fact that there is enough time left with enough games left to finish with a decent resume. Unfortunately, I just haven't seen enough from this team this year so far that tells me they can string together enough wins to build that resume worthy of getting an, uh, a, you know, an NCAA tournament win uh, bid. Inconsistent, nah. inconsistent uh, game to game. We never know what we're going to get. And right. I think, like I said, that the opportunities are there. This was a huge one. Uh, a huge missed opportunity to get a quad one win on the road and um, just fail. And it wasn't even close. That's the thing. Well, and so many things happened here. (laughs) Um, There's a lot to unpack with everything because there are reasons why um, obviously yesterday was what yesterday was listening to Beheim's presser. It was pretty obvious that the first half, I mean, missing, Missing five layups, um, missing some bunnies, missing some opportunities like that. Uh, you know, that's the difference between being down 20 points versus being down 10 points. And, you know, we saw that against NC State. We went in and we made the adjustments. And I thought that yesterday we made decent adjustments after halftime. But uh, this team's got to be able to figure this stuff out a little bit faster on the fly. Um, obviously, our shooting versus their shooting. We talked about how their defense was good and aggressive and they went deep and if they started to get hot because they did have the shooters then it was going to be tough uh but i don't think anybody expected us shooting what we did in the first half so um them out reading out rebounding us by 17 they shot well they only missed what 24 shots had 11 offensive rebounds so they basically almost had an offensive rebound every other miss that they had. Um, we had more offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds, which kind of tells a lot too, but Clemson also had 20 turnovers. So again, there's a lot there and, you know, Kadari played a bunch of minutes and I think people liked it, but Gerard, he did end up being probably the, but the best shooter statistically he had 19 points, seven of 13. Um, when you go down the line and everybody else, what Quincy going three and 11, buddy three and 13, uh, Griffin two and 13, it's just not going to get it done against a team that plays good defense and it just happens to kind of be on that day as far as shooting. Um, just everybody was just hitting a shot at some point. It just seemed like they couldn't miss even when we were playing um, better defense. So I don't know. I, th- I felt there was a little momentum there in the second half 
there that was starting to build a little bit where if Clemson started missing shots, we could have made it close, but they just didn't miss. So, um, yeah, just that crappy first 10, however many minutes it was, 15 minutes of that offense, it killed us, dude. Yeah, well, it, I mean, you don't you don't go into the locker room making making three baskets. Down more points down, than you scored. Down more points than you scored, and then expect to come out and play some solid basketball. If they go into that locker room down by, let's say six to ten, they make something out of the second half. And who knows? Because the right. second half I mean, was they, very even. They, they, they played way better. Forty-two points in the second 42 half. Forty-two to the thirty. They scored thirty-nine in both halves. So, well, um, again, even if we were shooting better, this still would have been a tough game to win, um, just because of how good they were shooting in our defense. So, and you know the defense, and. Of course, we'll get into everything else and fan feedback. Hey, look, you guys set the you guys set the pace and conversation for, yeah, for yeah, what yeah. we talk I mean, it's, about. It's so. weird, yeah, and it's weird too. And I, yeah, I got a lot more to say about it. I don't want, and I know I'm going to hit it up when it comes to fan feedback. So there's a couple things that that happened that that made me, um, again, kind of cautiously optimistic. Uh, so we can get, we can well, get to that. Well, here's one here's one thing and it's not in fan feedback so it's something to that we can just throw around. You heard coach not very optimistic. He doesn't think there's enough time left basically. And I mean, this, I know we know it's coach, it's a press it's a post-game presser after a loss, but we we hear him talk, you know, he, he said he got 11 minutes, doesn't think he's got enough time to get it done. I mean, I would think that in a few weeks, you know, with practice and everything that of course he's going to improve, right? I mean, he he's got to be able to do some kind of improvement improvement, but yeah. when he when they were in there, when when you had Kadari and Sadibi in there at first, it looked okay. It the did, defense it, looked a lot better. It looked a it lot looked better. Like, and we were yeah. we were and they struggled. Out. Clemson. He was, sub, he was yeah, and he was yeah. subbing some people out and um I mean, it could have been better, but it was it kind of gave me a little bit of a glimpse of what that defense could look like if you had the right personnel in there, especially with a legitimate center. But again, he's still kind of coming back from that knee. And um, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he can get more minutes and he can get better. It all really just depends on how his knee reacts on doing doing so. So let's just hope he played those 11 minutes and uh, he's good to go. And his knee isn't like really, really sore to where he's got to sit out practices and not be able to play come Tuesday. Uh, if I think if he plays on Tuesday, then I think that's a good sign um, that he's going to be able to get better and kind of improve as the season goes on. But you never know because a couple of years ago he was playing, what, 10 plus minutes just <clears throat> subbing for Chukwu and his knees were really, really sore. So. You never know if it's a situation where it's just something he's trying to tough out or if he's really, you know, good and coming back and they're going to be able to up the minutes per game. Well, I think, you know, I don't think he looked terrible. I mean, he wasn't really getting getting down with no. it. But that one, but he made one, he, he had one point in the game. It was, a, it was, he went one for one f- from the line. And that, that sequence right there with him getting up, he missed, he missed the put back, but. 
I mean, he got up there and did it, and and it just you he know looked, it's looked, it's baby steps. I didn't think he, he looked, looked terrible. He looked yeah. I mean, you know, he looked aggressive on offense, and he looked like he was playing his part on defense. I think that he allowed a couple offensive rebounds and putbacks, you know. But it's not just him, but also the forwards just being out of place. So what do you what do you have to say about you know being down like we were, and you know you've got you know, eight, 10 minutes left and we haven't cut into this lead. I think it grew to 25 at one point and, you know, we're obviously on the struggle and, you know, you've got Sadibi who played 11 minutes sitting on the bench and what about throwing in Edwards? I mean, I'm not saying you're throwing the game away, but, you y- y- you know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to you. See, it, it matters. No, 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 not really. I mean, the thing is, is again, this looks like a blowout, but it was, it was some, um, pedestrian layups that we miss now Quincy a couple around the rim oh but Griff for him Griffin Griffin, Griffin around the, the rim. I mean Marek had when he should have just alley-ooped and dunked and no, I don't know kidding. what he's doing I don't know he's like so, scared of touching the rim all these guys yeah. and I, again those four or five little bunnies that you should make in your sleep as a d1 player uh keeps it within striking distance and that's the difference because when you're down this amount and it gets to a certain point in the second half, then you start seeing the bad shots, the ones that, you know, Griffin and Buddy were putting up because now you're like, we got to break into this lead. We got to hit threes. And if we don't, then we're going to lose. But if you keep it within 10 double digits like we did against NC State, all it takes is a run. You put a little bit of pressure on Clemson and it doesn't make it as easy for them to make the shots. And you have a different game going into the the second half. You keep that game close going into the locker room at the end of the half. I mean, it wasn't. And if some butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But if it's close, Clemson's not playing that relaxed. Dude, they just played. It was like effortless to them. They had the lead. They had the cushion. They were just stroking it. And they were feeling it. They didn't have any pressure. Had they had some pressure, you know, that's a that's a that's a mind F. I mean, you can you know, you can throw them off their game, but they just didn't get it. Well, that's where you saw this. I mean, they had 20 turnovers. Yeah. That's still a lot. So, again, that's where you see a little bit of the lackadaisical because they really weren't worried about it. But, again, they were still hitting their shots. Yeah. Uh, if, if that's close and we put a little bit of pressure on them and they start turning it over just the same and they're missing shots, then obviously that's a different story. So, right. Um, you know, that's what we needed. And we, we spoke about it in the, in the, about the preview about how this is a team that we could not allow to, to get hot because their defense is so good. The worst offense in the ACC, too. A little grabby, but good. A little grabby. All those, all those types of defenses are a little grabby. Yeah. Like we just need to come to terms with the whole, like, you know. I just think that type of that type of I, defense. Like we we really suck. Feedback about the refs. I don't. I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't even gonna mention them, really. But no. go go ahead. Well, just again, I think you saw us come out and play a lot more aggressive in the second half. And I think that was, you know, finally the coaches getting it through their to their heads that they got to be a lot more physical because Clemson's being physical as well. And um, again, that's sometimes where the two, three zone versus man to man kind of sometimes it, it looks like we're getting kind of screwed when it comes to the calls because we're just playing a different type of defense. We're playing a different type of defense. Yeah. I mean, we're in your face, but we're not in, in your face like that. Like, yeah, when you drive or you get it down low, then that's a different story. But buddy uh, got bumped twice heading to the basket, bump body bumped twice. Bumped pretty right. Pretty good. And there was a lot of hands on people. Always hands on the back. And I, you can, you can hand check. You just can't do it with two hands. Right. Or grab. So I've seen a couple push off. I mean, I mean, 
basically they were playing, they were testing the refs. The refs weren't calling it. It was being played physical, and yeah, I mean, and that's at the really end of the can... yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Clemson had more uh, fouls called on them, personal fouls than than we did, seventeen to fourteen. Well, yeah, because we came out in the second half and we started being physical and going to the line, and like you said, we shot twenty seven free throws, which you'd like to see, you know, a and better did, percentage there. But right, we're about a, we're about at eighty percent as a team, and we shot seventy four. So yeah. Some some easy points there missed. You know it yeah. is. You know I mean you get to the line twenty seven times. That's all I ask. I mean they're a good enough team to where they'll make most of those most of the time. Right. I mean so, yeah. Maybe, just, but but to, but to what how coach alluded. I mean to, to what he alluded to. Like obviously our defense has got to play a little bit better. But again that little low on offense is really what did it in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to watch. I know there was people that turned off the game. I mean, I know, oh, that, yeah. I know that that doesn't usually happen, and it did. So, anyways, all right, it's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do. At the end of every game, I ask for your thoughts. You give them. We talk about them here. By the way, that crowd noise too. That crowd noise is from. A Syracuse game that I was at when I was I was videoing something. By the way, so that's a real oh, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a that's a real inside the dome uh, crowd noise. I've never mentioned that before, but I just was thinking about that as I'm like, that's no, cool story. Because cool. <laughs> shut, shut up, Joe. I'm just saying. No, you see, know that. Well, I mean, you know that it's nothing that, that anybody can prove either. So either way, either way, it sounds good. <laughs> that's true. That's true, but it is. It is. It is. So I mean, I just feel like if it was true, you would mention it by now. But, well, no, because I was but. thinking about during this game. I was thinking about, and and we're gonna. I'm gonna get the fan feedback, but I was thinking about, um, just you know, there were some fans at Clemson, and and you know, you heard them booing the refs a little bit, and I think the broadcasters even talked about it. It was kind of nice, right? Mm. It was kind of nice. I mean, like I, I miss the fan thing, man. I miss the yeah, fan. Yeah, thing. I heard some boos in there. There's a couple of bad calls. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, they thought they were bad anyway. But yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. That's what I but said. But what you have, that's just the recording of what goes on at Syracuse at home games. Yeah, yeah. That was a that piped was, in fan noise. That was not piped in fit, but yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. We could <laughs> if we could pipe that in, it'd be better than what it is. But to be honest with you, I don't think if you're not going to allow fans, you don't deserve piped in noise. That's just my opinion. All right. Hey, at David underscore Super. I'm done with Buddy. What does what does he do for this team on either end mm. of the floor? Coach put him back in the game with 3:43 left to play, down by 20 plus. My mind is blown. Someone please explain, Joe. Um, yeah, I really couldn't explain it either. <laughs> so, uh, all Solid I know like point. I said is there's a lot of overreactions every single time something like this happens. Like every time, like we lose, there's overreactions. Um, you're allowed to have uh, a bad game. Um, I almost go upon the fact that uh, this might not even be a bad loss if it comes to the fact that Brahma is going to be ready to play, you know, like 15, 20 minutes a game. Because as you can see, Brahma being back and we've talked about it before, like when he comes back, it's going to change the rotation and he's going to have to sub out more and he's going to have to go with a hot hand. And um, when we have those guys available, he showed Brahma was available, could already play 28 minutes. You know, he was subbing in people. Um, if he's playing bad and he keeps them in, then there's always, and we lose, then there's always going to be those fans that, you know, go to the whole, 
nepotism thing and you know, he's his son, so we're going to play him, right? He doesn't want right. to hear from Julie when he gets home. So, I mean, that's what the fans are going to say, right? Like, right. That's, that's, the typical, that's the typical Twitter response. You've you know. heard it for two and a half years. Yeah, but he's been there. So, and we knew that it was coming, so we knew it's going to happen. When he has a bad game, then that's what you have, you know? But, but he's had a few a, bad games, though, and he's a junior. Like, he shouldn't be having these – I mean, everybody's everybody's allowed bad games. Right. But let's be honest. I mean, he needs to be better. He does. I mean, I think he forces some shots. I think Griff. I mean, I think they all force some shots when they sh- really shouldn't be. They should be obviously running the yeah, every single one more of them. effectively and being a lot more of a. Uh, the only a, one that really doesn't team player force shots, bad shots, is Mark. He needs to take more. Sh- probably needs to do the antithesis of that. He probably yeah. He probably needs to 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 maybe force some shots. Yeah, uh, you I know, just don't just, understand sometimes when he's not um, aggressive because Amir Sims was on Quincy. And I feel like he had the matchup to be able to be aggressive and, and get some guys in foul trouble and get some some free throws. So, <clears throat> Mark, uh, Mark yesterday was a little bit of a. I mean, I know he still played tough, but I just expect more from certain players. And even Quincy, I feel like I, I don't. In the beginning of the year, it seemed like it didn't matter who we played, and he's played against some good big men to where he still had double doubles. And I just don't know. I don't understand certain games. I mean, I know Amir Sims is good, uh, so it was going to be difficult, but. I think he relied a little bit on uh, the outside shot yesterday. Amir Sims allowed it, <clears throat> gave it to him, so he took it and he missed. So, <laughs> uh, just um, at Lee Patent here piggybacks on what what David on Twitter says. Between COVID and shutdowns, it is clear Buddy has lost his shot. Let him find it before he comes back into the starting lineup. Coach is not doing his son any favors playing him right now. The kid clearly works hard, but he is pressing and is lost out there. Well, he won't be out of the starting lineup. That's for sure. That's not going to happen. But, you know, some frustration. I'm just, you know, to reiterate from the fans. At Tony21NY, got to stop relying on threes. Too many outside shots when we could have drove the lane. Better odds for points or get sent to the line instead of empty possessions. There was a the shot selection. Let's be honest. Like, it was not good, even when it wasn't threes. Like, some of these mid-range jumpers early in the shot clock were just not good shots. No. And, and and you know I think it's clear. I mean it's clear to me. I don't know what you guys think, but Joe, you can tell me what you think. Their their game is is really is kind of like the inside game. And and Buddy with the mid range, you know, the twelve to fifteen footers if he can, and and things like that. I feel like yeah. that has been more effective than just chucking the ball up from three. You had Gerard two for six, Buddy two for seven, and even Gerard with the inside game a little bit. And you know, obviously getting to the line, he only got to line five times, but hit three. So two yeah. two five for twenty, five for twenty overall. Again, it still isn't from, bad. It wasn't like we were gunning. And that's the thing that's like five for twenty is not good at all. It's not a mean? good percentage, but twenty threes isn't like a crazy. I mean, there's been so many games where we've shot thirty. So. You know what? You're so, right. You're you're right. Right. So, yeah. and realistically, like I said, we miss some easy shots that you know on on most days we're gonna make early in, in the first half. That's why I mean, like that this just could be just kind of like a happening. You know, I just don't. I don't see us missing those easy shots every single game. And then I also do believe that, you know, the return of Barama, like I said, kind of, it might've hurt. It might've hurt a little bit of team stuff. It's possible. He hasn't played, right? He comes in. Now you got guys subbing out, coming in, coming out. Like Kadari's playing 28, 28 minutes. And if you have Gary A and Dolce on the side, now you're talking about, you got to have either Joe 
two out of Joe Buddy and Alan Griffin sitting on the bench at the same time when these guys have been playing 36 plus minutes every single game. So with the return of Barama and with Kadari getting more minutes, that's going to that's going to change the lineup a little bit. It's going to change. Well, not really the lineup, but like the substitutions in the minutes. And, uh, you know, I think the team's going to have to get used to that because as long as Barama is ready to go, he's going to play. Yeah, and, right. And it's just too bad. It took this long. And we are where we are, and there's nothing we can do about it. So right. we, we just have to deal with it. At Q's Waterboy, our buddy Tony, I closed my finger in the door of a truck once years ago, mm. and it latched shut. Fingers swelled and filled with blood behind the nail, and as I screamed, every obscenity known to man, and even some new ones. A couple weeks later, I lost the nail. The entire process was more enjoyable than this game. Wow. So, I was going to say, I just did the same thing a couple months ago, except for it wasn't in the nail. It was more up the finger, so. Yeah. Yeah. You shut your, you shut your own finger in a car door. Uh, yeah, just, and it latched. Just, it just, to, just to, like, piggyback on what Tony said, um, Syracuse with 13 s- steals. Kadari had, had, Kadari had six of them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, Clemson had four. Okay? So... You think about that, and not not just the steals, but the turnovers, all the turnovers combined, 20, and getting nine points out of it. Yeah. And just just so many missed opportunities. Like, you, when you do that, they could not push up the floor. Like, I don't know. I didn't even understand the layup stuff. Yeah, I felt like they got away with the goaltend that one time with go, uh, Griffin. They, did, they definitely did. They definitely did. But, you know, it did. I mean, whatever. Whatever, right? I mean, two points. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. But right. I mean, if that, if this, if we lose this game by one or something, or even well, three, there's also know. a stat to look at that you know they had 19 assists. I mean, Clyde Trapp had 11 himself, and we only had six as a team. So Syracuse um, did a good job taking care of the ball, though, and they for and they and the defense was was pretty handsy themselves uh, with some careless mistakes from the Clemson offense. And, you know, nothing comes out of it. And, and a lot of it has to do with, obviously, the missed shots and be, not being able to rebound for squat. They suck at it. I didn't understand that. Huh? I didn't understand that yesterday. I didn't think we were going to get beat by 17 on the boards. N- no way. This team. No way. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't either. Just because of the – that mean they're not a huge team. And, you know, we've done pretty good against guys at least around our size. And Effort. Yeah, well, well, we 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 can talk about that too. By the way, effort the effort is free. T-shirt by the original Joe G is out. It's out. If you want. <laughs> Just saying, it's cheap. So <laughs> I'm getting it's not one. free. I'm getting it's not one. Free. The T-shirt's not free, but the effort is okay. Yeah. So in in Syracuse did not have any. Yesterday, like they were just lethargic, man. In the like, first half, anyway. Yeah, oh, definitely. yeah. Well, Joe stepped it up, but I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> um, Joe's gonna have to step it up. Joe stepped it up, but I don't. I can't. Be, uh, nobody else really noticeable came stood out to me other than Joe in the second half, as far as being aggressive. I just, just that's just. My pedestrian opinion. At Baptized by Fire 7, even Matt Park on Twitter, even Matt Park in a defending gym kind of way was talking about how much better teams are shooting threes today, stretching the zone and making it easy to score inside, especially when our bigs don't perform, uh, don't perform the way we used to. So 
Look, we've got a lot of – hold on, and I'll get to some of them. But let's just talk about this for a second, Joe. And there's probably something else in there, and I don't want to steal anybody else's thunder, but it's it's come, it's come up f- from this one here. So what do you – are you sick of seeing this zone? Are you, are you over it? Because I've, I've been a zone apologist to a certain extent. And we always, what I always say is when it's played right, it's effective. But they're not playing it right. They haven't played it right. Like this team with mostly this group of guys, they haven't played it right for a couple of years. It's been a couple of mm. years. Two. This Two year years. Last this year. year and last year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But people are... Doing, you know, you got two forwards for UVA. I know it's kind of an anomaly, but you got two forwards for UVA who are just killing it from behind the arc. We get crushed from behind the arc all the time. This is a normal thing now. Is there is is do we have to play zone constantly? Can we can we switch this thing up at all? You know, these kids come out of high school playing largely playing man to man. It's a more natural. Def- basketball defense. It takes time to learn this. We got some guys two, three years into this, and we're still struggling. So, I mean, what, what just what do you think? That's that's just. I mean, I feel like we need to. Take- I mean, we can. Sure, we can. We can do anything, right? Well, I suppose. But What's your thoughts, gonna. though? We're not gonna. Yeah, I know. But what what is your that's- thought, though, Joe? You're skirting around the question. Should we? Would you like to see it? Are you tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over again? The definition of insanity is is doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting different results. And where are we? There's yeah. kind of different results every year. But are you talking about like in within a season, kind of giving up on it and being like, okay, let's I'm just... I'm saying yes with between between last year and and so far this year, our defense has been the problem, right? right. That's fair to say, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For the most part, over, I mean, overall, that's been the issue. So, I mean, you know, last year we struggled to score a little bit. But, you know, do you think that I would like easy? to see something different? OK, I get it. But do you think that if we go man to man, that it would be harder for uh, two guard to get past Buddy than in the zone? Or yeah, point for guard Buddy's sake, on, on Buddy's sake. I don't know. I think Joe's a little quicker than Buddy. So it's that's tough. I think Joe's a little better than Buddy on that end. But, yeah, I mean, Buddy, I think, might struggle a little bit more than Joe would. I right. Think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, the 2-3 zone and the way that he plays it, it comes down to just learning it and effort. It's um, discipline, too, which they're not. Right. Well, it's obviously, there's discipline, too, but there are also – there's a situation with the 2-3 zone that where you can recruit guys that don't necessarily have to be good at man-to-man defense but they're good in other areas so they fit a zone scheme in which it allows us to recruit a little bit differently and i only really using that as an excuse because again like you said most people do play man-to-man but uh there's some people that fit better in a two-three scheme versus a man-to-man scheme so and and i understand i'm not saying switch to -to man-to-man and be done with it i'm saying be able to adapt in a game to some extent (laughs) Right. Well, I think, again, coach has been around forever. He believes in his craft, and he thinks that the 2-3 zone that he coaches can adapt to any type of situation during a game, depending on what the other team is doing. And it's worked for so long that at this point, I don't think that you're going to get somebody to think otherwise. So, like I said, as long as Bayheim's here, that's just what you have to expect. I don't really understand why people even – even 
<clears throat> waste their their breath uh, even talking about it. Uh-huh. Really, like again, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, is that that question is really going to come down to when when we replace Beheim. When it's finally he's done and we have to go ahead and replace him, that's well, where it's going to be. I think the traditional way we're used to seeing Syracuse would probably have to be scrapped. I, no. mean, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Because is that what's going to happen? Is that, I mean, are we going to continue down Depends the, on who's the, there, right? the lineage of coaches right. that are going to, I mean, right? Let's now, do it on, on merit and not, and not seniority or, you know, that type of thing. Right. And I think some of that, I think that's going to be a big question when it comes down to that. Um, and not saying that none of the assistants could get this job once he's gone, but I'll guarantee you that part of it is, are, are you just going to come in and just play 2-3 zone and do the same thing Beheim did? Or are you going to kind of add your own thing? Um, that's going to be a big deal because otherwise they could just go completely away from it. We still have a great brand. We have great recruiting um, tools as far as the Mellow Center and just being in the Northeast where basketball is a predominant sport. So uh, you know, it wouldn't be difficult. I don't think it'd be difficult to get an up-and-coming um coach from a you know a successful mid-major team or something like that where um he can come in and he can kind of change it and use the brand to kind of reignite something else but i just don't i'm just not gonna expect that as long as Bayheim's here all right we will be back with the rest of fan feedback and the nc state preview right after this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. 
Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, one more time. Let's hear from the good folks over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the title sponsor for the Cuse Militia and Armchair Media. Super Bowl is here. It's tonight. Get there. Check out all the prop bets for the Super Bowl. Um, will the Chiefs go back to back? Can Brady claim his seventh ring? I don't know. Why don't you go there? Check it out. There's also uh, there's all sorts of props, man. They 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 they've come up with something for everything. Who's going to score first? Uh, what is it? Kelsey versus um, Gronk. Got all those props out there too. So head over to Bet Online. They're going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to Bet Online today. Use the promo code Armchair to take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Okay, so uh, as we were. At E. Konecki, Clemson had 19, uh, well, he says 19. They had 20 turnovers, took 12 less shots, and put us on the free throw, free throw line um, more, and we still lost by 17 points. Things need to change. Programs don't fear us anymore. We are becoming irrelevant. Joe, you just went on a little rant. You want to go on <sighs> another one? <laughs> God. <laughs> so look, I let me let me just let me just say, say this as just a pedestrian fan, which is what I still am. I mean, we just enjoy um, doing a show about it. So uh, I totally, I totally grasp the this thought and this and this feeling because um, it when it used to be Syracuse was. We never really worried about a tournament bid. We we never really, you know, it was mostly about you know how far are we going to go, more so than are we even going to make it. I just didn't grow up worrying about getting into the NCAA tournament. I don't remember it being this frustrating. The I don't know if it's the talent or the cohesion. 
or, or what? There was random years here and there. There is random years here and there, but doesn't it feel a little bit different here the past few years? Well, I mean, yeah, we got put on sanctions and we lost a whole bunch yeah. of scholarships. Yeah. I mean, I, I just until we can come back and actually go through like a three, four year process of having all our scholarships, like I just can't. It's hard for me to judge when it comes to that kind of stuff because now you can't miss. And that's like, again, that was Beheim's MO as far as, you know, just getting all these guys. And some of them could be projects and, you know, not be ready until junior, senior year, three, four years in. Uh, but that gave us that depth to always go in with, with the new young talent. And it just got to a point for like three, four years, we couldn't miss. We Everybody had to be good. And we've missed on some people. Yeah. We've missed a couple. Margin of error was kind of small. And... I think that everything's kind of cyclical, but at the end of the day, we always end up kind of getting back to where we we were. So um, until we get there, though, this is going to be the criticism, obviously. A lot of the stuff that we've been – We we go through this when there's droughts, when there's just – when there's just – you know, we haven't really had droughts. I mean, we haven't like strung together a ton of losses, you know. I mean, it's just just frustrating – because we've been getting in our losses, we've been getting crushed. Like some of these haven't even been close. I mean, um, you know, the first pit game was close and UNC was close, but we've been blown out a few times this year, and it's a it just looks bad. It compounds on all of the negative and what we see with our eyes. And when you know after after a game, I mean, of course everybody's going to armchair quarterback everything. And that's what it comes down to is, well, are, are, you know, you know, are we playing the right defense? You know, why can't we change? Why, how come we can't be more versatile as far as defense goes? And I'm kind of with you there, but I mean, like Joe says, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can make a, you can make an argument for both sides, but at least if you try it, you try it. Like we haven't seen it in game, so we don't know. And coach hasn't seen it in game either. And I highly doubt he's doing it in practice. No, well, I mean, you get again, it's very difficult because you look at it and if Sadibi never got hurt, I think that this is a different yeah, season. Yeah, obviously. You know, so yeah. it's like obviously. Yeah. And I, now right in the middle of a season where you're trying to figure out the covid crap and you got you know, games that are getting postponed and everything is just so up in the air all the time. And now you get your center back that you thought you were going to have all year. So now you're talking about throwing something else in the loop. So uh, we have depth and some depth that I think we're confident in now. And I, I just, I would like to see Jim kind of throw in a certain, uh, lineup and press for a decent amount of time during a game just to try to do something, you know, uh, well, I know we did a little bit, but usually we don't do it until we're down and we have to make something happen, you know, but, um, I'd like to have seen that. The press yesterday was totally ineffective and didn't do anything at all. I think we had one. We had one. Plus, on top of there's just certain ten second violation. Yeah, I know. We had one ten second violation. If you have the right lineup in, based upon who we have available right now, then you could probably do some damage. But if there's certain players in there, you see it, and that's who they attack. And so, yeah. At David C. Wilder. He says, he quotes Dolzhai here and says, Dolzhai says, we weren't ready for their physicality in the first half. And he says, whose job is it to get the team ready? Well, obviously that would be coach's job. They were slow. They were lethargic. They were, uh, I mean, the team to some extent, we can be like, oh, well, whose job is it to get the team ready? Well, that's coach's job. Well, 
coach can't give them energy. I mean, you have to go out with the energy and make it happen. It's not yeah. – you, you just got to do it. It's not one of those things that, you know, we saw on tape, you know, hey, they uh, – you know – they're, they obviously we they knew we knew like, going in yeah. we, we knew going into this game that Clemson's defense was good right yeah so obviously and coach had a whole, did what week yes they had a whole week they looked at damn tape yes coaches the coaches talked to them the players were fully aware of how Clemson plays defense and how physical they were going into the game it's how they respond and react and they responded and reacted soft and that's what it was. Yeah. And not until coach could get him in the damn locker room at halftime and be like, yo, what are you doing? You're down 20. Did we actually see something? Right. And they did. Bit? They responded because we, we, we at least played them tough in the second half. Outscored them in the second half. Um, right? 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by three. So, um, you know, look, it's his job to get him ready. Maybe you could make an argument for a younger coach or maybe, uh, maybe even – you know, an Eric Devendorf on the sideline or, or a hop on the sideline or, you know, someone like, or, I mean, you know, someone to fire these kids up. I mean, or they could fire themselves up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the answer I is. Don't, but. I mean, again, if they come out and they don't play, it doesn't necessarily mean every time that the coach didn't get them ready. Uh, ready. Right. A coach can get a team ready and then just people don't, players don't respond. Yeah. You have to be able to respond to that. Uh, another buddy comment here. Kevin on Facebook says, Buddy Beheim is do- doing is downright awful. He is unathletic and too slow, shooting under thirty percent from three. He has the worst turn has the worst turnover and doesn't get taken out of the game. The front line is too small and too soft. Well, we know why. I mean, we're missing a guy there. So, and, and Mark's not soft either. Uh, it's time for Jim Beheim to go. He cannot recruit a, the big men. His defense needs to be able to change when down or not being able to handle what is happening. Too old and too set in his ways. Okay. <laughs> I guess there's a little there we could talk about. Um, and like I said, I mean, you know, I, it's never going to happen, but I would like to see the, I would like to see them come out of the zone once in a while just to see if it changes anything or helps anything at all. Um, as far as Buddy goes, we kind of already touched on that. And, you know, Coach is set in his ways. He is. So... It kind of is what it is, but he's been set in his ways before he was old. He and, and coach, that's that's you know, coaches are set in their ways. That's what coaches do. They kind of do, you know, the same things. Look at Coach K. Look at look at Roy Williams. You know what he does. Mm. In 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 you know, is it more effective? Maybe they get better recruits. Yeah, but it they're still doing the same things that they that they've been doing. Uh, Here you go, Joe. This is the one I wanted you to comment on because he gives you a line up here. Our offense was terrible, but glad Richmond got more time. He led our defense with six steals. Would like to see him start so we are not having to press or uh, do desperate stuff when it comes down and comes into the game down 10. Sadibi probably won't be the answer to our rebounding and paint problems. We are NIT bound unless we change quickly, and I don't see that happening. Would like to see the... a defensive lineup would like to see a defensive lineup doesn't have to start, but here it is. Kadari Griffin, Woody or Braswell, Quincy and Mark worth. He says worth a shot. So, um, mine, assuming Sadibi is not going to be able to play when you say Sadibi's probably won't be the answer to our rebounding and paint problems. I mean, I think it's, Why? Uh, uh, well, I think it's a little bit unfair to judge that on that game. 
Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, why? Why would you yeah. say that? Yeah. Well, off of eleven, off of eleven minutes, off of his first game back after a surgery, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's fair to say. And honestly, like, he's the defense still looked better with him in there. So I would take a Braswell slash Newton, and I would probably switch out. Um, Mark for no. Well, yeah, throw Mark over there and then put Sidibe in the middle. Yeah, that would be our best defensive lineup. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, you know, you know, in a few weeks, this season's going to be over. So for us to sit here and be like, well, when Quint, when um, when Sadibi's ready and you know he's healthy, I mean, we could have said that you know a, a f- few weeks ago. But at this point here, I mean, he's either going to he's either going to get it by the time the ACC tournament comes along, or you know, it's just going to be a season where, you know, he's just going to have to recover the best he can during the (laughs) season. And then, you know, hopefully with any luck, Sadiq comes back next year because he has that, he has that extra year of eligibility. He can be a fifth year senior. So he probably would. All right. Top fan, Daryl on Facebook. By the way, Jesse, top fan too. Sorry, Jesse. It's just, yeah, Jesse, good job. I'm out. I'm off my game today. Um, says, okay, here it goes, Sean, Joe, it's time. First of all, I will never take away from Coach Bayheim and all he's done for Syracuse University basketball, college basketball in central New York. Coach has a remarkable career. That's why he's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. The basketball team has been average at best since joining the ACC. I 100% agree with the university making the move to the ACC conference, especially from a financial standpoint. At some point... Uh, John Wildhack really needs to take a look at the basketball program and coach and make a hard decision sooner than later. The game has passed Coach Beheim. I'm tired of hearing that Beheim will coach until he's ready to retire. The university has to do what is right for the team in the university and not worry about hurting people's feelings. Beheim is a coach, not the all-be ruler of Syracuse University. The team needs a ch- needs change. Not going to happen. <laughs> nope. Gonna, I'm sorry, Daryl. It's not going to happen. So Sorry we, about the cough there. I took a bad sip. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. So <laughs> the, um, the, the thing is, you know, and we got another one. Let's just do this one here and we'll wrap it up. Tim on Facebook. I love Jim Beheim. He's done all you can for a school, but every coach has to go at some point. There's a reason Cuse and Duke are poor teams. These coaches are hanging on too long, in my opinion. Well, Duke's having an off year for the first time since I can remember. So, uh, I mean, it's been how long since Duke was struggling? <laughs> I don't even remember the last time. So, you know, with that said, between uh, between Daryl and, and, and Tim's comments, you know, we assumed, to be fair, that Coach was probably going to go after Buddy graduated. Right. Okay, so I think we still we still have that long. I don't think he's in jeopardy of losing his job. Uh, I no. don't. I don't think that any of that is. You know, he's had a couple Final Four runs, not too far in the past, and we've scraped by and, and been able to get into the tournament. What the year before last, I think we 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 got in. We didn't do much, but we did make it in, and it's been a struggle. And I think that to your point, Joe, and we've talked about it in length before that these. You know, John Mildhack in these administrative 
higher ups, they understand what we've been through with the sanctions and missing out on some guys and recruiting and being down scholarships. Like they have to have some kind of understanding about that. And, and I think we get lost because it seems like so long ago and it seems like it's taken forever to climb out of this hole. And this is the first year where we've had all our scholarships back and it feels like forever. And I think that when you put that into perspective, and especially, of course, administrators over at the university are going to, um, he's not going to lose his job. And I think we have until at least Buddy, re- Buddy graduates before we even li- like seriously give it thought and talked about. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, whether Couldn't you- have said it better myself. Wow, first time for everything. If, if, if the, um, the, the only thing would be is... Um, you know, what we know that there's a lot of people calling for it. Well, you can call for it if you want because the university is not going to listen to people on Twitter and they're not going to listen to um, things. That's and that's why I focus on trying to see something different. Trying to see, you know, I'm hoping coach plays some man in certain situations or 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 you know, anything that's because he's not going anywhere. So I would like to see some adaptation to just what's going on in, in college basketball, because there's no point for me to sit here and call for the, I'm not in the business calling for anybody's job, by the way. No. Um, um, so, so I'm not going to even go there because it's not my decision. And, um, I would like to see some things change. I would like to see some things, um, a a little bit different, done a little bit different, but again, I mean, he's way, way smarter than all of us. No, and on top of that, too, I mean, we do get the hometown discount with him. So, again, there is a situation where it comes into money. Because once we lose Jim Beheim, if we want to go for one of those hot shots that's, or like a big-time coach. That's a great point, yeah. It's going to cost a lot more money than yes. what we're spending right now. So yeah. maybe it's a situation where the school and the university is trying to basically – I'm sure that Jim Beheim is not going to sit there and play games and they're going to try to – create some type of process to maybe get some more money available for the next coaching change because um they're gonna need it i just yeah i just don't yeah I don't well s- coach unless, makes unless two million just, a hall of fame coach makes two million dollars a year at syracuse university no, finding like huh is it is it more that's than what that? i'm saying no i'm just saying uh, i think that's, it's that's a, what i'm yeah that's about what it is coach k makes like five to seven yeah so <laughs> right i don't know what roy williams makes so you know Coaches, coaches doing this for, I mean, look, I mean, that's a lot of money, but it's peanuts when you put it into perspective. It's not, right. you know what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to be hyperbolic, but I'm just saying when you put it into perspective, there's very few people that are going to be doing this level of coaching and have done this level of coaching for this long for that kind of money. And also you got to remember in, in all other teams aside, Syracuse, Jim Beheim has never had a losing season. We've always been. 500 or above, never had a losing season in 45 years. So, and we're on track to be really close, but, but I still think we pull it off. I still think we pull it off, but you gotta, you gotta take that into consideration. Win percentage is still up there. It's still up there. So, yep. Anyway, all right, that is it. I appreciate all of you who participated in fan feedback again. I'll ask for your thoughts at the end of every game. You leave them. We talk about them. Um, And that's what this show is. It's all about.
So you guys drive it. Appreciate it. All right, Joe. Syracuse, they're going to stay on the road. They're going to face NC State again. Uh, the Wolfpack sits at 8-7, and 4-6 and six in the ACC. The Orange will travel to PNC Arena on Tuesday. Um, I think the game's at 6.30. The all-time series sits at 8-6 and six in favor of the Orange. Syracuse took the last meeting just a week ago from today, 76-73. to 73. Griffin with 19 points and Garrier with 10 rebounds it, at the Dome. The difference in this upcoming game will be DJ Funderburg. 6'10", the 6'10 senior is averaging 12 points in five rebounds a game in 22 minutes of play. Him paired with Manny Bates. Obviously, this is going to make this just that much more difficult for Syracuse. Bates with 14 rebounds and 17 points last week. NC State is 71st in Ken Palm and currently 77th in the net, making this a quad two away game. So, Joe, we've seen them once. We barely scraped by. They, mm-hmm. they have Funderburk back and we're on the road. And we all saw how much energy Syracuse brought to Clemson yesterday. So, <laughs> what's going to be the difference? In this game, from the last game, and we're also coming off of a road loss, and I will say that dealing with the inconsistencies in the ACC in general, because you can watch these games and you don't know what you're going to get, there's been a lot of surprises. Some teams have, you know, I mean, there's a lot of teams that have surprised me. Pitt's one of them. And also also with with the home court advantage this year seeming way lopsided, um, what, what can we do? Or what can we expect coming into NC State, Joe? Well, we're going to expect the same NC State team that came out after they didn't have Devin Daniels and Funderburk, and they played real hard and could have won that game against us. Uh, the very next game after, they lost to Virginia by seven, and Funderburk had returned, and they just beat Boston College by 15. So uh, I'm hoping that Sadibi can put in um, some more minutes, more than he did this past um, this past game. If he doesn't play, then obviously that hurts, especially considering that we didn't see Thunder Burke. And uh, unlike Manny Bates, Manny Bates, he's a he's a guy that mostly scores just around the rim. Thunder Burke actually can shoot some jumpers, uh, mid range jumpers, stuff like that. He's a guy that they could probably put in the middle of the zone and. Him and uh, Bates, if they're in there together, could make it very difficult for us. Um, and, uh, yeah, they still got the guys that can shoot the threes. Braxton Beverly, Cam Hayes, and Thomas Allen were the three guards that uh, started against Boston College. But um, Shaquille Moore was the guard off the bench that came in and scored 19 um, at a career high. And Sebron um, came off the bench as well. That was a guy that was guarding Kadari. Last game and um, Helms is going to be one of the guys that, you know, we got to watch out for, too. So <clears throat> adding Funderburk adds a different thing on offense for them. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be easy, but uh, usually a team <clears throat> comes off of uh, a butt kicking. Um, usually pretty, pretty good. So, um, again, if Sadibi can can give us good minutes and give us some good defense down low and stop some of the big men and some of the stuff that Manny Bates and stuff was doing last and Helms was doing last game, then that can help. Uh, but considering that we beat them last time, they probably want revenge. And because we just got our butts kicked, um, it should be a pretty competitive game. And really I look at it as just who's going to make the shots. Who's going to hit the shots last game. We didn't hit the shots. So we need to have a good defensive effort 
Jim needs to be able to substitute and actually, you know, just put in the, you know, as far as matchup wise, but it's going to, it's going to come down to who hits the shots, you know, just like this past game. I mean, we hit a couple shots here and Clemson misses a couple shots there. I mean, Clemson made a lot of tough shots. We missed a lot of easy shots. You flip that reverse that it's a really close game. Yeah. And Clemson had a good shooting day against us and it's just, you know, it's, that's an anomaly for them. So it was a perfect combination for them in the in the in the right. worst possible situation for us, playing yeah. a really good defense and, and with a all of a sudden hot shooting Clemson offense. So right. sometimes you get caught in the jaws, and then you know that's it, and, yeah. and that's what happened to us. So with with Braxton Beverly, he didn't do a ton against us last time. I always I always worry about him because he's no, a threat. he hit a couple threes in the, he hit three, in the first he hit three. half but we made it but that was it you know? yeah that was it though he hit three threes in the first half i hope that syracuse in obviously nc state's going to do the same thing so it could be a moot point but you know that they look back at this game because we we really shouldn't have won that game nc state can look at that game and be like man we should have won because they really should have yeah they really should have won that game. So right. they're going to be, like you said, they're going to be ready to come back in, in, you know, ready for revenge. And Syracuse really escaped with one there. And, you know, we just barely scraped by with a team that was out two of its, you know, six best players. So, yeah. um, well, you know, and that's the one thing that people didn't even mention either, because I know I just noticed that um, everyone's kind of killing coach, killing buddy and everything. Um, and I know they talked about, oh, Kadari finally gets minutes, but uh, with 28 minutes, I thought Kadari was going to put in, yeah. you know, be a little bit more of a factor. Six steals. And no was one really said any right, and no one really said anything about Joe and scored 19. So, um, again, if you remember this game, this was uh, the game that Kadari basically kind of kept us in, and eventually hit 14 hit, points hit and 16 hit minutes. the shot to yeah hit the shot to to win it. Right. So. Um, I can see him putting in some minutes, but I can also see NC State kind of making that adjustment. And uh, again, like I said, it's, they, we're going to have to we're going to have to make shots because the fact that Kadari played like he did last time, um, when he gets in the game, there's probably going to be some added, you know, attention toward him, which should be able to allow some open shots to some other people. So. And, you know, we go back and I don't want to I don't want to harp on it, but really there's been one as far as I'm not even talking about non-conference stuff. But as far as conference play goes, there's been one game where where everybody really played as a team. And uh, that would have been the Virginia Tech game. And we crushed no. Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech no. is a, has a pretty decent defense. I don't know what their adjusted efficiency is. I guess I should have maybe looked. But, um, you know, they got a pretty def- decent defense. They're that man, that scrappy man-style defense. So, I mean, they're going to have to play as a team. And, and you know, no. Joe, yeah, he scored 19 points last game, but they didn't play as a team. There's too many people not doing no. enough to where hero ball is not going to work. Yeah. Hero ball is not going to work, man. Um, nope. It's not going to work in the ACC these days. You have to play like a team, and that's how they win this game. But I will give predictions, as always. And I'm not trying to be negative, but I I worry about heading into this game after beating them once already and just having, having coming off that loss and going, going from South Carolina to Syracuse, getting a couple days and coming back to North Carolina to play on the road. Um, getting beat up by Clemson. Maybe it's motivation. I hope it is, and I hope I'm wrong. But I see it. I see it 80 to 82 to 76. NC State. Oh, nice. Well, we have to 
we have to be able to make adjustments. They had seven players play over 20 minutes against Boston College, and Sebron had 17. So they're going to play the full court. They're going to play uh, pressure, but they don't play it as well as Clemson. So um, I do think that we're going to get a little bit of, of confidence and a little bit of um, you know more of an effort because of how bad that game went and how these next couple practices and some butt chewings are going to go. And, uh, you know, if Sadibi's available, there's going to be some quick pull-ins because that makes us deeper. Uh, we got to be aggressive. Big guys got to be yes. aggressive. They got to they got to go at Bates, Funderburk, Helms. Got to get these guys in foul yep. trouble. Um, and and they got to be able to put some points on the board. Um, and they they, go. they had Bates fouled out too last game. You know, he's yeah. he could get sloppy in there. So mm-hmm. if you go at those guys, they're going to foul. I say 74-72 Syracuse. I think wow. we shoot a lot better. Close one. And, yep. Okay. Well, it's going to yeah. be a nail-butter, I, th- I believe, unless we come out and – or one of the teams just come out and just play that bad. I mean, every once in a while you get those bad games, you can't hit the broads out of a barn, and you just get yourself in too deep of a hole to be able to climb out of. Um, if it's you know, at home, kinda... I like your – if it's at home, I like your score. I'm just being on the road, Funderburg back. We struggle with those guys. We struggled with Manny Bates. He had a field day with us. He did. And, and, you know, to have two of them out there, you know. No, like I said, I mean, I don't know how much they play together, but they hopefully probably, hopefully, hopefully, Brahma helps that. Well, hopefully. Well, if they were smart, they'd play them both together against us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Especially if Brahma wasn't out there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. So, anyway. All right. Hey, look, man. Keep your heads up. All right? Keep your heads up. And, and always, you know, just remember that – um, we still have a lot of time left to do some things, and we got an we got an ACC tournament to go <laughs> through too. Hey, so. if, if all the best teams opt out, yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> right. I, but here's the thing: as far as like who's going to opt out, UVA. I mean, when you look at the when you look at the uh, ACC right now, kind of a kind of a down year. You know, you've got some good teams: Florida State, UVA. I'd say are probably the cream of the crop right now. Virginia Tech, Virgin- Virginia too. Tech's okay. By the way, too, Virginia Tech sitting thirty sixth in the net. If they can, if they can go on a run here, that'll be a quad one win by the time the, mm-hmm. the year's said and done. No, so, they're fourteen and four right now. So yeah, and in in you know, I mean, I you know, I not one to root for Virginia Tech. And um, but I've found myself doing it just to see if we get that quad one win yeah. in there. So, well, you know, and two Clemson people have to understand. I don't think I think Clemson look uh, people look at Clemson as a football school versus a basketball school. Brad Brunell has done some good things with that team, considering where they were before he got there. And I mean, them sitting at 12 and five and some of the wins that they had uh, early in the season, um, they had a lot of. Uh, COVID issues and stuff like that where they didn't have their full teams available for all of the the ACC games and some of the games that they lost. Uh, But full strength, this is kind of the Clemson. I mean, obviously not every game by 17, but that kind of game and that type of team, that's, that's what you see when Clemson's full strength. So I, I, after looking at what they've done and, and understanding the people that have missed certain games for COVID and then seeing them yesterday, Albeit a bad game for us, uh, I think Clemson's a better team than than and they're twelve and five overall. Yeah, but they I think were a better team advertised anyway. Yeah, they were they were really good to start the year. That Amir Sims man for six eight boy, he can play man. He is built. Mm-hmm. He's a strong dude. Dude, six eight two forty five. That's <laughs> yes, yeah. and he's he's all of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yep. um, we'll see. 
Well, hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. I love being wrong when I when I go against Syracuse, but I'm trying I'm trying to be accurate here. So uh, there's that. But uh, we no, appreciate. Just get ready for cardiac. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll go. I'm okay with cardiac. Okay. I'm not okay with slumped down on my couch like waiting for a game to end because we're getting freaking pummeled yeah you know i'm not okay with that i'm okay with cardiac as much as as much of a toll as it takes on us i think i'll take that over just getting freaking pummeled uh so uh yeah uh, i'm good with that but anyways yeah uh i want to thank all of you for tuning in obviously want to thank that online live cbd armchair media and um, that's it. Super Bowl Sunday. Go Bucks. Go Brady. First time for everything. I'm a room for Brady. Brady Mahomes. For Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.